This is City AM Unregulated. I'm Emma Hazlitt. And I'm Zach Meir. On this week's show, Baroness Michelle Moan. In 10 years, I've managed to get Ultimo £1 billion of free PR. On her new startup, I've only invest my time and invest my money when I believe in an idea. On being hounded by the media. So you can't get it all your own way. You've got to take a beating up now and again. And on her humble beginnings. Who would have thought a wee girl from the East End of Glasgow, life school at 15, would be in the House of Lords? Hello and welcome to City AM Unregulated. This week we're joined by Baroness Moan. From founding lingerie brand Ultimo in 1996, Michelle has been a serial entrepreneur led reviews for the government, joined the House of Lords and is now part of launching a new startup, The Social Superstore. So, Michelle, can we start by you just explaining a bit to us about what The Social Superstore is and how you got involved? In simple terms, Social Superstore is like the Pinterest that you earn money from. So basically you discover, you share and you earn. So if you put some products, shirts or garden wear or jewellery onto your Social Superstore and you share it with your friends, and your friends buy from, say, House of Fraser's. They will ship the goods, the shirts, they will take the money, and then a month later you'll get commission into your bank. So it's a great way of earning money. I mean, a few weeks ago I was just playing around with it, and I earned £100 a week. So it's brilliant. You can have your own job and still do this as a sort of part-time thing at night so it's a phenomenal new business so if you're good at spotting trends as well i mean data shoes or clothes and you're ahead of your group of friends your peers Mm -hmm. you can be the person who makes the money out of uh, absolutely you know put it on your social superstore it's so easy it doesn't cost you anything you can go in and set it up within five minutes and you'll be trading as an entrepreneur we've now got twenty-five thousand new entrepreneurs already and we've just launched so we do think it's going to be a global success One of the guys who sits on the board, they were actually the biggest shareholders in Facebook. We've got Nigel Mansell in there as well. We've got some very successful entrepreneurs. And um, I just loved the fact that anyone can set up because I'm the business startup czar for the government with my review. And, you know, some of the issues that I put into my review were, you know, people don't have the money to start a business. They don't have the network. They don't have the knowledge. And all of these things with Social Superstore, you can start up straight away. I mean, we've got kids doing it, got teenagers, students, we've got mums and dads, bloggers. Bloggers Bloggers are are big, yeah. I love bloggers. Isn't that amazing? So you're practising what you preach here in the sense that, you know, the startup czar, some people might say, well, you know, it's easy for her, she's already rich, she's already done a business and she can just coast it. But you're actually starting from scratch as if you were a 20-year-old. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I invested and stuck my money in because I believe in it. I'll only do these things, invest my time and invest my money when I believe in an idea. You mentioned your government review there. Mm -hmm. Are you happy with the outcome and how the government's reacted? It's all a bit sort of up in the air at the moment. I've delivered my review, but there's a lot that happened the few weeks that I delivered the review. Well, first of all, Ian Duncan Smith, who I was reporting directly into, sadly left. And then the Prime Minister had left as well. So all change. But the good thing that's come out of it is HSBC have agreed to open up business hubs in the UK. And that's all from my review. 
So I hope that I can address the situation again in the next few months when things calm down. But hasn't that been the problem over the last, especially since the financial crisis, that banks just haven't been lending to small businesses? And if they have, it's like five over base and there's all sorts of strings attached. So it's the banking Mm. sector which has been a bit of a nightmare, hasn't it? Yeah, but HSBC are trying to say, look, we want to do business now. We're open for business now. And this is why they want to set up these hubs. And I know the head of commercial... Ian Stewart and they're trying to get across to people you know we are a friendly bank come and see us sit down with us we want to talk to you we are open for business I'd like to move on to just talk about your story a bit Mm -hmm. how did you become an entrepreneur what sparked it well I first of all started off in the east end really deprived area but when I was 10 years old I started my first business and then I went on to another few businesses and then at 15 I left school because my dad woke up when he was 38 and He was paralysed from the waist down. So I left to help my mum and dad pay their rent. And then I worked for Labatt's as an admin, you know. And within two years, I worked my way up to being director of Scotland. I got major done when I was 24. And I went to a dinner dance, depressed, lost my job. Whitbread bought Labatt's in the UK. And I was wearing an uncomfortable bra. And I thought, I'm going to invent a bra. And everyone said at the table, but you don't know anything about bras. You've never been to college or university. Most ladies know and something about bras. Yes, uh-huh, exactly. And I said, well, I've got a pair of boobs and I'll work it out. And for three years, I invented the first world gel fill bra. Then the company just went global and Saks Fifth Avenue and Neiman Marcus, everywhere around the world. And then four years ago, my husband decided to run away with my head designer. So that was a nightmare. So I worked really hard for a year, battled with him and bought him out. And then I finally sold the company last year to the biggest manufacturers in the world in Sri Lanka. And now I'm speaking around the world with the same company as Tony Robbins. I'm doing a world tour at the moment, doing several other investments. And I am just about to start MMI, Michelle Moon International, where overseas, if anyone wants to do deals overseas and they want to buy a company or they want to get in somewhere, then I'm the woman to do it. And what sparked (laughs) that decision? I just think that friends overseas are always asking me, you know, can you help us with this research? Can you help raise money for this? And I've been doing it as a favour and I thought, well... I think I could do this as a good business. Well, we've spoken to lots of entrepreneurs on the podcast here. And uh, the question is, I suppose, for people listening, is being a good entrepreneur a great one, nature or nurture? Is it something you can learn? To me, it sounds from your story, you had that gene and you had the daring or the guts to do something which people said, you can't do it. You decided you want to invent a new kind of bra with no qualifications, no experience, no internet probably in those days either. You couldn't just Google how to make one. So how do you acquire those skills and can you teach them? I think you can teach them. And that is why on the 21st of January next year, I am going to have my first ever training day for entrepreneurs, budding entrepreneurs and startup companies. And um, if anyone's interested, you can go to michellemoan.com. There's a little plug. On that day, I want to teach people about branding about how to write a brand Bible, about technical, about registering a brand name, patents, PR and marketing. In 10 years, I've managed to get Ultimo £1 billion of free PR. And there's a way to do it. And I want to teach people how to do it. You've lived your life in a very public way. And I go on the Daily Mail and you're in there pretty much every day. How do you feel when people write about that? And is that a conscious decision or is it just kind of happened? Well, I, I would say 
for 20 years, I was courting for publicity for Ultimo because we had no money for marketing, for advertising. And, you know, I came up with the first new face and body of. I've signed some of the biggest faces in the world. Then we did a real women campaign. We were before Dove, which Dove's done a really good job of it, but we launched it. And everything, the strategy was all about media. Now, when you sell Ultimo, you think, oh, it's going to stop now. But no, the paps do chase me down the street and well, everything you else. It's, and it's sort of an area that does sell itself to some extent. I mean, you pandering to middle-aged journalists is not difficult <laughs> with your product, is it? Well, I mean, I've sold Ultimo now and I've, I would have thought that I'm not that interesting anymore. But I'm actually a very, very quiet person, personally. For the brand, I will go out there and I will push it as much as I can, like everything. If someone gives me a challenge, I will take it on and I will make sure it gets done. But now, yeah, the media are interested. One minute they love you, one minute they hate you, and we've got that relationship that Sometimes we've had on for the same, twenty. Same mail page. <laughs> yeah, we've had that relationship. But you know, without the media, I wouldn't be here. So and they're only doing your, their job. Is is talking about your dating status a part of your PR? My dating status? Yeah, being single and being, you know... No, I don't really talk about it, to be honest with you. I mean, I did say that I've recently split up with a guy I was going out with in Barbados due to travelling, but I don't go out there and publicise it, you know? It's but it's unusual for somebody in the public eye to actually even admit whether they're available or not available or whatever they're doing. I don't really publish what I'm doing. and I mean, I'm not a kind of girl that goes to lots of parties and the opening of an envelope. I could go out every single night, but I'm actually a family person and I work all the time. But you have um, a good relationship with the media. so You know, I love the media. There's no way I would be here today without the media. So you can't get it all your own way. You've got to take a beating up now and again. Even though when it's not your own fault, you think, oh, well, that's just life. Tomorrow's fish and chip paper, that's the way I think of it. But it did hurt me as I was growing up, of course, you know, in years when they used to criticise me and I think especially Scottish referendum was a big one as well because I got you know death threats and all the rest of it. You mentioned that you're a family person and you've got three three children? Three children yeah. yes. Uh-huh. You also mentioned some of the darker times that you've been through. What motivated you during those dark times and how did you run a business with three kids? Um, when I look back now I think how did I do that because I don't know how I did it but I just think your fighting instincts kick in You've got three young kids. I was launching in Australia, coming back and then looking after three small kids and getting like four hours sleep a night. But I think when you're really determined and you're focused and you know the road you're going on, you will go in so many rounds with Mike Tyson and you'll still get up. And that was me all the time. I'm a fighter and I never give up. But I think there was dark times when a distributor in America ran off with £1.4 million and almost made us go bust, excuse the punt. Um, Again, I just stayed very focused. And um, I wrote my autobiography last year called My Fight to the Top. And I was honest in there as well, and honest about my relationship with my ex-husband, etc. Because I think what I wanted to do for entrepreneurs and startups is tell them how the business took over my personal life. There was that concept before of, uh, I think, Nicola Horlick being superwoman. Mm-hmm. And women are, sort of they have to have the perfect family, all the kids, 
washed and educated and everything else, you know, being a millionaire as well. Isn't it difficult to have both sides right? You either have your personal life or you have your business life and you can't be successful in both. Or yeah, it's very difficult to do It's that. very, very difficult. But I believe that I've got the secrets and that's why I want to share those secrets on the 21st of January. And I love mentoring as well. And, you know, I don't have to do it. I don't have to do any more businesses, but I love the challenge. And I said after I sold Ultimo, I would retire and I've actually got busier. And I love my government work as well in the House of Lords. I'm just new there. Well, it's a year now. How I'm there for life. It? And um, My I've... impressions of the House of Lords <laughs> have been an old people's home. Um, it's very traditional. And I love it for being traditional. I'll be honest with you, my whole wardrobe's changed since I've, I've joined. Well, you've got ermine now, have you? <laughs> no, no, no. I just, um, I don't show as much cleavage and stuff like that. <laughs> I won't be allowed in the chamber. But I'm really passionate about learning and I'm passionate about helping women and entrepreneurs and startup businesses. And I'm learning every single day environmental issues, energy issues, and who would have thought, you know, a wee girl from the East End of Glasgow, life school at 15, would be in the House of Lords. And I would just love people who are from maybe deprived areas, who do think their life is over before it's even started, that, look, you decide what you want to do. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what education you manage to get. If you have got that drive and determination, stick in there and you will make it. Well, I was born in Glasgow. I'm still trying. <laughs> You're still I hope I'll get there. <laughs> to finish off, we've got mm-hmm. women in, I mean, we've got female prime minister, mm-hmm. but Nicola Sturgeon in charge in Scotland. Do you think it's going to change politics? I think it's amazing that we've got all these women, even Nicola, although I'm not a fan, but it's amazing that, you know, she's in there and she's actually very clever. I just don't agree with her policies. You know, it's good that women are pushing on and we are being recognised. And on that note, we will wrap up. Michelle, thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Absolute pleasure. Thanks very much. And I hope you'll get your own social superstore open now. (laughs) With thanks to Michelle Moan, this has been City AM Unregulated. City AM Unregulated is an Audio Boom production.